Welcome to the Dry Bones Ministries podcast. Each week, we'll bring you inspiring homilies and powerful stories from real Catholics, all about the truth, goodness, and beauty of Christ and His Church. If you're interested in supporting the work that we're doing, you can visit drybonespgh.org or follow us on social media at drybonespgh. Thanks for joining us. We hope that you are reminded of how much the Lord loves you and that you hear His invitation for you to come to life. Merry Christmas again, everybody. It's cold, it's icy, it's COVID, and you guys still came. I love it. So thank you so much for, for coming to, uh, to Christmas Mass. This is the, uh, the seventh Mass I've had since 2 o'clock yesterday. I am really excited to pass out on the couch right after this. It's, <laughs> but I'm most excited to be with you, folks. It's Christmas, right? The two great feasts of the church, Easter and Christmas, right? Pentecost is in there, but none bigger than Christmas and Easter. I love this gospel. I read it. You can, the priest on Christmas gets to choose from a bunch of different gospels. And I, and I read this gospel. It's the classic gospel text. You guys know this. The word gospel comes from a Greek word. You might not know that part, but the Greek word is euangelion and it means good news. Christmas is all about good news. You hear in the opening prayer, in the responsorial psalm, in the first reading and the gospel about this good news, this euangelion. Folks, that's why, oh man, that's why we sing the Alleluia before we proclaim the gospel. You ever wonder all the stuff we do as Catholics from the robes of the priest to the candles on the altar to the fact that there's steps to the way that the church is laid out. All of it has meaning. Here's the thing. If you don't understand the why behind the what, that is if you don't understand the... You guys are like, I thought you were tired. <laughs> if you don't understand the meaning behind it all, it just becomes boring, meaningless ritual. But when you begin to understand the why behind the what of Catholicism, your heart begins to catch fire and you go, oh, <laughs> it was beautiful. Yesterday morning, there were three kids over here. They live right down the street, right? Three little kids, all red hair, real young. And the lights weren't on the nativity scene. There was totally dark and it was kind of dark out. So you couldn't really see the three little kids were all standing there looking and they, they were, seemed kind of confused or wondering what was going on. So I came over and I flicked on the light. I turned on the light and the one little kid went, wow, <laughs> like that. This is what we got to do at Christmas. This is what we got to do with our Catholic faith. We to get the, I never knew that. I never knew that. The word alleluia, it's not just a nice bubbly word from your tongue. It comes from the Hebrew word hillel. It means praise the Lord. Why would we sing praise the Lord before we proclaim the gospel? Because the gospel's good news and we praise the Lord for the good news. Amen. We need good news, don't we? We need good news in the church, in the world. We need to hear good news. We got it. We got it on this Christmas. Every time you come to Mass, but especially on Christmas. What's the good news? We don't have to wonder what it is. We hear it right from the mouth of the angel. Here's the angels, right? In the skies, we hear the host, or you hear them translated, there were many angels. But the Greek word, most of the New Testament was written in Greek. The Greek word for how many angels there were, it's very beautiful. It's stratios. And stratios means this. It means that the shepherds who were in the field watching their night flock, they, when they looked up in the sky, there wasn't a spot in the sky that wasn't occupied by an angel. So it's not they were just, wow, that was a lot of angels up there. No, no, no. The whole, this was such good news that the whole sky, God sent everyone out. 
whole sky was filled with his angels. And what did these angels proclaim? This is what they say. I have good news for you of great joy that will be for all the people. Here's the good news. Today in the city of David, that's Bethlehem. Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you. That's the good news of Christmas. Here's the problem, folks. Most of us don't know that we need a Savior. And so when we hear the good news that we have a Savior, we're like, oh, I don't know. I wonder what we're going to eat right after this, right? If you don't know that you need a Savior, the fact that a Savior has come for you, it's really no news. If you don't know how bad the bad news is, when the good news comes, it seems like no news. If you don't know how bad the bad news is, that is, if you don't know we needed a Savior, when you hear the good news that a Savior has come, you shrug your shoulders. How many of you have been skiing? Or like skiing? Or ever seen skiing on television? Okay, come on, people. All right, good. Thank you. I never was a skier, right? I football, baseball, basketball in high school, played football in college. So I was a decent athlete, but never went skiing. My buddies asked me to go skiing one time. They all went skiing. I was in ninth grade. We went up to Seven Springs, right? We were going up to Seven Springs, and they all knew how to ski. They got me the skis, and again, I was a decent athlete. I knew I'd be okay. They started me off on the bunny slope. It's like that, you know, almost level. And they didn't teach me how to snow plow or turn, so I would just go straight. Then they took me up to the green circle, right? Green circle is the next level up. And so we went on the green circle a little more. And, and again, I just went straight down. And then they said, okay, you're doing pretty good. And I was falling and getting up and having a great time. They said, let's take you to the blue square. I said, all right, I don't know what the blue square is. Went to the blue square. It was great. A lot harder. I was falling a lot more, but I was still having a great We did the blue square forever. Finally, at the end of the night, they said this. We only got one more run left. Let's go do a black diamond. And I said, what's a black diamond? And they said, it's, it's just like the green circle. I said, okay. <laughs> So I get on the ski lift and we start going up the mountain and up the mountain and up the mountain. <laughs> and I see us past the bunny slope. I see us past the green circle, the loose square. We just keep, finally we get off this ski lift and we start going towards this slope. And I said to the guys, I'm sorry, I think we missed our turn. The mountain just ends, right? And they said, no, that's the slope. And I thought, oh boy. And it's not like you can get on the ski lift and ride it back down the mountain, right? So I had no choice. I had to go down this. So I started down the ski slope. Again, they didn't teach me how to turn a snowplow. I only knew one way, straight down. If you've ever been to Seven Springs, you've heard of goosebumps. It's the one with the huge jumps on it, right? <laughs> and so I start down this mountain. Guys, I was flying down this mountain. And you know how it is if you're riding a bike and you don't really have control or you're going really fast and you start to lose control. It's scary. My knees started to lock and I started to shake and I started to cry. Tears are freezing in my face. I'm like, I'm going to die. You know? <laughs> and I'm going down and all of a sudden one of those moguls appeared in front of me and I had no way to avoid it. And I hit that thing, went flying up in the air. The litany of saints came to me. It was like a cartoon. I was in the air flying around. St. Joseph, St. Michael, St. Thomas, LeBron James, help me, please, anybody. You know? I hit the ground, right? And you guys have seen these crashes on ESPN. The skis go flying. The poles are wrapped around. The goggles on the side of my face. I had half the mountain in my mouth, you know. And I had knocked the wind out of myself. And my buddies came over to me. And they always remind me of this. They came over because they're terrible people. They're like, dude, that was awesome. You know? 
And the only thing I could get out, because I had knocked the wind out of myself, the only thing I could get out was this. And they, they still laugh about the story to this day. I said to them, send help. <laughs> that's the only thing I could get out. Folks, that's the first half of Christmas. That's the situation we were in. A horrible ski accident. Yes and no. It's an analogy. To understand how bad we had it, we have to go back to Genesis. What happened in Genesis? God created. What did he create? Everything. Out of what? Nothing. Why did God create? Love. It's the only explanation for why God created. He didn't create because he was bored. He didn't create because he needed slaves. He didn't create because he needed entertained. He created because that's what love does. We forget it so often. You're created because love wanted you to be. You're not created because, oh, God has a specific mission for my life. Yeah, yeah, whatever, fine, yeah, okay, that's true. But way before that, he created you just to share in his life and his love. Let me say this real clearly. Your life is a gift. So stop being so bitter and cynical and angry. We've got enough of that in the world, amen? We cannot be bitter, cynical, angry Christians. That is antithetical to the good news that the gospel brings. Your life is a gift. But we've forgotten that life is a gift. And when you forget that life is a gift, you begin to complain a lot. And you lose gratitude. And when you lose gratitude, you lose perspective. And when you lose perspective, you start to obsess about things like politics and all these other things that are important, but not nearly as important as God. You've been loved into being. I remember this was transformative for me when I realized this. God doesn't just love you. He likes you. He likes you. You might not even like yourself, but he likes you. He wanted you to be. I'm the youngest of five, and my brothers and sisters used to say to me, Joe, you know, they'd pick on me. Joe, you were an accident. Joe, you were an accident. When I was a little kid, I went to my mom and said, Mom, was I an accident? She said, oh, honey, you were all accidents. I said, Mom, you're not an accident. You're not a mistake. You're loved into existence and being. Let it hit you. See, when you don't receive that, that I have been loved into being from all creation and God doesn't make junk and he doesn't make things that aren't beautiful. That's the world's categories. Stop taking them on yourself. When you forget to receive life as a gift that's been given to you, you grasp after life. You think you have to squeeze every ounce out of life. And so that's what we're doing. We're running around trying to squeeze every ounce out of life. And God's like, just receive and enjoy. See, when you don't know how loved you are by God, you grasp for love. You try and prove your existence. Look at me. I'm cool. Look at me. I'm funny. Look at my job. Look at my money. Look at my family. Look at my fame. Ever somebody, somebody tell me my existence is worthwhile. You don't have to prove it. It's already given to you. Adam and Eve didn't know that. 
or they believed the serpent. When you believe the serpent lying to you, you grasp, and that's what they did. They ate that apple. And when they ate that apple, that was the ski wreck, right? That was the, the skis all over the place, the problems, that, sin, suffering, death, sickness. Your jealousies, your angry, your envious, our, our lusts, our resentments, our gluttonies, all of it. That's when all of it came in, rushed into humanity. But listen to me. That's when the great cry of humanity went up. And you know what it sounded like? It sounded like me on the ski slope. Send help more beautifully. O come, O come, Emmanuel. And ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here. Listen, until the Son of God appear. That's not just a nice, cute song we sing during Advent that lets us know Christmas is close. That's a cry of the heart. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Ransom us who are captive to our anger. Ransom us who are captive to our jealousies. Ransom us who are captive to our anxieties and our fears and our shame about the past and our terror about the future. O come and save us. Send help. What's the cry of your heart this morning? It's the cry of your heart. God hears it. Maybe the cry of your heart is a cry of loneliness this morning. I'm lonely, Lord. Maybe the cry of your heart is that cry of anxiety and fear, terrified about the future. Maybe the cry of your heart is the brokenness in your family that you just can't seem to fix. Maybe the cry in your heart is that you're addicted to something and you just can't get out of it, though you've been trying. Maybe the cry of your heart is physical, something that is a cancer diagnosis. Maybe the cry of your heart is a suffering that nobody knows about, even your husband or wife. I want to let you know God hears that cry. I promise you he hears that cry because that's how good he is. Even before you've uttered it with your lips, he's heard it from your heart to his heart. And he heard the cry of Adam and Eve. And so every book of the Bible, every chapter of the Bible, every verse of the Bible was God unfolding his great plan to save us. He heard us cry, oh, come, Emmanuel. And he said, I'm coming. And he came in the most extraordinary way on Christmas. If I was God, I would not come as a vulnerable little baby that had to be taken care of. I'd come like the, the Roman legions, armies, force, strength. But he didn't come like that. You know why? Because he didn't want to scare us back to himself. He didn't want to overpower us back to himself. He wanted to love you back to himself. He wanted to love you back to himself because that's all he knows how to do is love because John tells us God is love. Isaiah says it this way, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. St. Paul says it this way, in the fullness of time, God sent his son, born of a woman. John 3.16 says it this way, God so loved the world and he so loved each one of you that the baby thing happened at Christmas. I've preached for a long time. Let me just end with this. If you've ever wondered if you are loved, you come to this little crib at Christmas. If you've ever wondered if your life is worth anything or has any meaning, come to Bethlehem. 
If you've ever wondered if your sufferings will ever be overcome, will ever end, come to Bethlehem. If you've ever wondered if anybody really knows you, if you'll ever really be known, if the desires of your heart will ever be fulfilled, come to Bethlehem. See this little baby born for you. Gaze upon him and know that the one who gazes back to you has loved you from all eternity and who was born to die for you. That you might live forever with him in heaven. Please stand, we'll profess our creed.